Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 39 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is about the release of Tom Fox's new book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. Joining me today, and I'm honored to have him, is Tom Fox to discuss his new book and the compliance profession. Okay, welcome. Uh, Tom Fox is here with us to discuss his new book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. And Tom, uh, welcome to you and congratulations on the new book. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Tom, the first question everybody wants to know is uh, what why did you end up writing this book and uh, the title of it, The Complete, Complete Compliance Handbook? Well, Mike, for several years, I've wanted to write a definitive single volume on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. Uh, last year in 2017, I decided to bite the bullet and just dedicate the year to writing it. <clears throat> it really turned into a journey of discovery with, uh, for me as I was able to interview many of the country's top compliance practitioners, uh, compliance professionals, people outside the compliance realm, uh, communications experts, technology experts, uh, subject matter experts in IT, AI, and a wide variety of other topics to incorporate it all into the most current thinking on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. Well, and from your perspective, and obviously given your uh, you know unique position, you know as a thought leader in uh, compliance, what uh, what makes the book unique and what were you trying to accomplish, uh, you know, with it for the compliance profession? So, Mike, since I started uh, blogging and uh, podcasting in the compliance space back in 2010, I've tried to be the nuts and bolts guy. I want to be the practical advice guy for how you design, create and implement a best practices compliance program inside of a corporation. I'm not a former DOJ or like yourself. I have not prosecuted. Uh, I took criminal law in high school, but I, that was, excuse me, in law school, but that was it. And so I try to be the practical person. And this book is truly a practical guide. It's uh, not a book with an academic focus or even a legal focus. It's designed to be used by all levels and expertise of compliance practitioners from the longtime CCO to a newly minted compliance professional. Uh, the other thing that makes it unique is, um, and really the only book at this point that has the following information. Last year, the Department of Justice gave us two fabulous pieces of information about their views on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. The first came out in February of 2017, the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document. And the second was from November 2017, the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. There's literally no other book on the market which incorporates uh, these two pieces of uh, Department of Justice uh, thought, guidance, and their views on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. So I was able to put in really the latest from the regulators on what they think about how you fully operationalize your compliance program. And um, taking all of that information, uh, which is, of course, is just critical, um, how did you how did you organize the book? So one of the things I wanted to set out, as I as I indicated, Mike, was really a practical guide, a how-to, a hands-on book. So it's it's pretty long. It's nearly 600 pages, but it's uh, designed to 
be digested a chapter at a time. So the first chapter is, there are two chapters that bookend. The first one is 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, where I lay out a one thing you can do each day at little or no cost to in, in, implement or uh, enhance your compliance program. The last chapter is how to operationalize and fully operationalize your compliance program. In between are 10 chapters, which give you specific steps to take in concrete areas of your compliance program. So uh, the role of HR, the role of board of directors, uh, 360 degrees of communication, third-party risk management, reporting and investigations, internal controls, innovation and compliance, written standards, uh, more effective compliance programs for v business ventures and continuous improvement. A compliance practitioner can literally read one chapter per month, uh, incorporating the uh, one thing per day I talk about with uh, three key takeaways after each entry and use that to enhance their compliance program. But uh, do you also see this as, a, a, for example, a resource book that could be used by a compliance practitioner, you know, on the job in a sense, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it will help you if, if you're starting out and you have to design uh, your first compliance program. It tells you what the basics are. It gives you, it follows a 10 hallmark format and uh, helps you understand what you really need to put in place if you have a, a mid-level or even a mature compliance program. I have the uh, some of the most cutting-edge innovations in there. And when you couple that, Mike, with uh, DOJ's latest pronouncements, if you if you truly have a gold standard policy that you've updated, uh, the information I have in here from the government will allow you to pressure test, self-assess, and take a look at your own compliance program to see if there are areas for, for improvement. And with the requirement for ongoing monitoring, uh, if you think about a compliance program as a process, uh, it always evolves. It's continu continually evolving because your business is continually evolving. What you sold last year will may not be what you sell next year. Your delivery mechanisms for cus to customers may be different uh, three to five years from now than they were five years prior. Uh, the relationships you've had with third-party agents on the sales side or vendors in the supply chain, those are all subject to evolution from the business perspective. So it only makes sense that a compliance program would evolve as well. And that raises another question, Tom. I mean, over the, let's say, the last 10 years of my career, and I'm sure of your career, we've seen the compliance profession and the thinking around it uh, evolve. And does this, uh, does your book sort of capture that in terms of where we are right now or some of what of the path and also offer some, you know, suggestions for, you know, best practices that, you know, may be good for a while at least? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that's certainly a great question, Mike. And it's one of the things I really tried to put into the book to help people understand the context of where we are now. You have to know where we've been. Obviously, we started with the U.S. sentencing guidelines in 1992. Sarbanes-Oxley played a part in this going forward, an explosion of growth in FCPA enforcement in the last decade. We had um, – uh, best practices laid out in enforcement actions. We also had some significant opinion releases, which gave us specific information on the government's thinking at that time on not only best practices compliance programs, but specific components of those compliance programs. But as the government's thinking has evolved and their maturation of what uh, they uh, constitutes a best practices 
program has evolved, companies have responded by upping their game. And every time a new company goes in front of the Department of Justice, they have a new innovation, which then becomes a standard practice. So there's been a continual process of innovation uh, with the two documents I mentioned, the evaluation of corporate compliance program and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy, we have an understanding of where the government uh, is currently and I think where they are going. And so I've dedicated one chapter to innovation and compliance. And really in that chapter, I've tried to lay out, Mike, where I think innovation will take us uh, on this continual improvement. Well, just to give you a plug on one point here, you do have a really new and exciting podcast on innovation and in compliance. And I, I recommend it to everybody because I kind of feel like you are lining up all the areas where we're going to see innovation and, and uh, in the future here in the compliance field. Well, uh, thank, thank you very much. And really in that podcast really encapsulates the thinking I tried to put into that chapter, but also, Mike, the kinds of things that you and I talk about really on a, on a regular basis, which is uh, they're doing some very interesting uh, transaction analysis over in the AML space. Can that help corporations? Um, they are FinCEN and the Federal Reserve are requiring a level of due diligence that uh, perhaps is further or, or more expansive than what the Department of Justice FCPA unit has required. Uh, they're looking at the movement of money certainly in the banking industry, but for a regular corporation, movement of money means paying a bill. And so how often do you hear about the movement of money inside of a non-financial, just regular business corporation as something that they should look at uh, to see if there's any indicia of fraud? So all of those techniques uh, that come from areas outside anti-corruption compliance are going to be innovative to our area and I think will become a standard uh, go from a best practice to a standard practice in a couple of years, Mike. Yeah. One one last concept that I want to give you, uh, you know, a lot of credit and uh, and you know I I feel this way about uh, your work, but the concept of operationalizing a compliance program and is sort of a requirement of that. Um, how did that? Uh, how did you incorporate that concept into your book and sort of the 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 chapters that you set up and and making sure that people uh, practitioners follow that you know guidepost? So, Mike, if there's one area that I think we will move forward towards and we will continue to go in the future, it is making or using the techniques of compliance, sort of standard uh, anti-bribery, anti-corruption compliance that you and I are familiar with, to make companies not only more efficient, but actually make companies more profitable. And that comes through operationalizing compliance. And operationalizing compliance is moving compliance down to the to the front line business unit level where the potential fraud and corruption can occur or legal violations. Obviously, the Department of Justice is most interested in preventing legal violations or if they do occur, then enforcing the law against those. And so they've really driven the discussion about operationalization of compliance. But I see that as really the first step to making 
compliance a part of the business efficiency and profitability uh, equation in the corporation. And when we can have compliance actually adding to the bottom line, that's when I think uh, everyone will see the benefit of having a robust compliance program that fully oper- is fully operationalized, uh, making your business more efficient, and as I said, at the end of the day, more profitable. So, Tom, as you look at the compliance profession, are you an optimist uh, for the future? And if so, uh, if so, why? So, Mike, I'm an incredible optimist for the future of the compliance profession. Uh, you, you, you regularly write about corporate scandals, and you can name any scandal that has occurred. And the first question is, where was the board of directors? And the question is, where was the board? with their requirement for compliance oversight. When you start talking about the board of directors obligation for compliance oversight, that drives home the message that everyone in a corporation, literally from the boardroom to the shop floor must do compliance. Businesses have to be able to protect themselves. And, and I'm not going to name any scandals, but you know, there's plenty we could name where it was a true compliance failure. It may have started at the top, It may have occurred in the middle or maybe even been on the bottom, but companies are recognizing obviously the legal risk, then the reputational risk. But what I want them to understand is beyond those, the management and hopefully the amelioration of those risks, a fully robust compliance program, a fully operationalized compliance program will take them to another level of profitability. Well, Tom, thanks for uh, spending a little bit of time with me and and our our listeners here. Uh, I do want to take a moment. I I have read the book and I recommend it to everybody. Uh, I've been I think this is an incredibly practical and helpful book to the compliance uh, field and practitioners and people who are just getting into the the profession as well. I think it's going to turn out to be just an incredible resource uh, as we go through. Uh, as we move through the compliance uh, world. Uh, Tom, uh, if people want to order the book or how can they get the book, where are you making it available? Sure, Mike. So it's available on Amazon.com. Just type in the name, The Complete Compliance Handbook, and you can purchase it there. If you'd like an autographed copy, I'd love to send you one. Uh, you have to. You can order it from me. It's on my website, fcpacompliancereport.com. I've got a big picture of the cover of the book right up there, so you can't miss it. And I'd love to send, uh, send you an autographed copy. Well, I already have an autographed copy, Tom, and uh, I appreciate it. But congratulations again on a... Uh really outstanding piece of work and uh, something that uh, every compliance officer needs to read uh, and and use as sort of a, a guidebook going forward. But thank you again and congratulations. Thank you, Mike. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At Ethical Companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.wokoflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption Compliance, and our podcast series. 
You can contact me with my email address, mhocoffee.com. Let us know how you